rainy. It's miserable. What a better time to do a podcast. Welcome into the Mendel and the Mike Show, the Berkshire Eagles official sports podcast. And for how witty I can be, I am still yet to think of a pun for when we have Howard Herman on the show. Mike's out partying. No, he's actually just out enjoying his Memorial Day. Uh, So I got Howard with me. And Howard, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Mike's probably busy changing diapers, but that's, you know, (laughs) but it's what you do at some, it's what you do at that point. Exactly. Exactly. It's kind of, you reach that that point. Uh, Absolutely. So Howard, I thought it'd be kind of cool to have you on here. We got high school sports in full swing. I guess there's a little bit of a pun intended there, but you know, for the first time, it seemed like in almost two years, Wakona Park is active. There's baseball going on. It's not full capacity, but you were there the other night. So I thought it'd be interesting to have you on seeing that, uh, You've probably spent more hours there than I have in almost any other location. Uh, so before we get into the actual games, the home run derbies and everything got to see there, I got to ask, uh, did the press box, did it still smell like 2019? Uh, well, I'm, I, I work down, I work in the downstairs box. Not, I don't go upstairs mm-hmm. because it's, it's easier for me and I don't need to hear the, the radio guy, the broadcaster broadcasting the whole game. Fair. And, but you know, they, they fixed it they fixed that booth up a couple of years ago and it's like a really good booth now when mm-hmm. back in, back in the old uh, Pittsfield Mets days, it was a two room booth or two booth rooms where one, one side had the PA guy and the scorekeeper and the scoreboard operator. And the other side had the visiting radio guy and me mm-hmm. and the home radio guys were in that booth where I sit now downstairs, but it was enclosed in a, you know, like in a corrugated metal box and it was not warm. It was not very cold in there when it got, when it would get warm and the home guys sat down there. So Ugh. I used to go up there all the time, but I don't go up there unless I have to talk, unless I have to talk to the official scorer about a call. Hey, I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, would you kind of, I, I think I would at least, would you prefer to, if you had to sit next to one of the announcers, wouldn't you kind of prefer the road team just because it's a different perspective than someone who sees the same team every day? Or did you kind of pick up anything there? I picked a little, little up there. And, you know, I never thought about it that way. What was good about being up there with the visiting radio guy is not every team in the New York Penn League had visiting radio. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so in the games when there was not visiting radio, I could spread out in the big part of the booth instead of because what they had in that booth was like a it was like three quarters and one quarter. They had a little not a wall through the whole place, but a wall on the desk. Mm-hmm. So the you know, that way you could, the radio guy was in the three quarters because he had the gear and the, and the mixer and the mics and all that other stuff. And all I had was all I had was my scorebook because it was it was it was pre it was pre Twitter day. So mm-hmm. I did not have to, you know, yeah, I did not have to, you know, live tweet games. Not a lot of heavy lifting when it's a pen and, uh, pen and paper. So there are two games in uh, last night's game was rained out. So I want to start. Uh, what was the vibe you got for, from the, uh, I don't know if they're technically, we can call them kids, but they're younger than us. So I think that's rule number one of why you can call someone kids. Uh, what Before the season even started, what was kind of the tone, the energy of the Pittsfield Suns about uh, coming back here and, and waking up Wakona Park in a way? I think everybody was pretty excited about that part of the deal. Um, you know, the guys who were new, had some of the ones who I had talked to were had heard a lot about Pittsfield and baseball 
Um, one of the pitchers who pitched um, an inning in the home opener had, is from St. Anselm College, and his head coach played for the old Pittsfield Colonials. Mm-hmm. And he'd been told an awful lot about Wakona Park. Uh, the guys on the team who go to the University of Pennsylvania um, were our teammates of uh, former Suns outfielder Kyle Cronk. And he said a lot, of, and he said a lot of good things about the ballpark. And of course, uh, there are probably more local guys on the team this year than ever, in part because of the aftermath of COVID. Mm-hmm. That way, you know, kids can stay in their own homes and don't have to get host families. So, you know, they're all excited because a lot of them, you know, especially the Pittsfield kids um, grew up going to the ballpark to see whichever team was there. <laughs> I, I even remember when they had the um, they had like picnic tables down the uh, uh, first base sideline. I remember sitting out there. This this must have been around 2000, maybe a, a little before that, uh, getting to meet Mike Piazza. I know he wasn't there too, too long, but uh, it must have been just a game or two when he was rehabbing or something. Uh, that, that, that was pretty cool. Uh, so let's, let's start with the most important thing about the Suns this year. Was anybody surprised? I'm sure you must get a chuckle about this every time it's happened. Was anyone surprised, upset, annoyed about the Sun delay? Um, no, actually, no, the funny thing was <laughs> uh, the manager, the, the new Britain manager, uh, Donnie McKillop, who I know from his days of playing quarterback at Middlebury, um, actually said something uh we were i was in a conversation with him and matt gedman pittsfield's manager came over and he and and donnie had said something about you know will we will we have a sun delay and sure enough we had a seven minute sun delay which may in fact be the shortest sun delay on record uh that we which kind of tells me we didn't really need one but it was you know but it was it was short it was sweet we were done and we moved on I always find that so great because I don't think you could find anywhere else that people are excited for a delay, but you know, everyone I've ever talked to with uh, anyone involved with Lacona park, they're always excited about that delay there. So let, let, let's talk about the game. And, and just before I uh, make myself look like a little goofy here, was this the first year they're doing the extra inning home run derby? Is that kind of incorporated or was it happening before the pandemic? It's been happening for about four years. This year's home run derby is different. Because it had been, when they started it, I believe it was for the 2017 season. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a timed home run derby. Kind of like it is in the big leagues at the, mm-hmm. at the All-Star game. You know, you have like, you know, three minutes to hit as many as you can. And that's what they did. But it was determined, and I had this conversation with uh, Commissioner Joe Pellucci and the other night with Matt Gedman, our Pittsfield's manager, about that. And they changed it this year where it's 10 outs in the first round. And any number, how many ever players you want to use in the 10 outs you can do. Um, New Britain used two different guys and Pittsfield used one. Uh, Mike Gervasi, who hit the home run into the, into the trees and won the game. But, they, but it was determined to go with 10 instead of a time because it was easier to see the balls and it was not, you know, there was no hustling around, you know, it was easier on the pitchers to know when the ball was over, easier on the hitter, uh, a little bit more relaxing. Umpires didn't have to have their heads on a swivel quite as much. Mm -hmm. So it take, it may take a little longer, 
but it's probably better in the long run that it's that it's not timed. Right, right. It seemed like when I read your story that that was kind of uh, the the big focal point is the time kind of makes a, a little bit more of a rush than is need than is absolutely needed. So, so let's talk about the actual team, the Pittsfield Suns, sitting at two and zero right now. Um, are the only team in the, in uh, the Futures League to be two and zero, partially because uh, well they're playing well, and partially because not a lot of teams still haven't played two games. Uh, so, what have you seen out of this team where? Um, they're kind of rolling early. Do you think that has to do with a decent amount of Pittsfield kids being there where they're not getting used to being somewhere new and they're just kind of, you know, comfortable being at Wakona Park? I, that might have a little bit to do with it. I think um, the bigger part of it was, well, in the first game, um, the Pittsfield bullpen was on point. Mm-hmm. Um, that they, really were able, they really were able to shut Brockton down in the late innings. Um, in the home opener, uh, Isaiah Mestri from Taconic High School and the University of New Haven was on point. Six innings, one hit, nine strikeouts. It was a legit, you know, you don't have to complain about it not being a no-hitter because it was a, it was an excuse me swing, but it was a bloop single to, to left field. It got <laughs> it got into the outfield. So it's a it was a legitimate, it wasn't one of those slow rollers, the third bang bang play, safe out, hit error type of thing. It mm-hmm. was a legit, it was a legitimate hit. It was a real excuse me swing. It's like he was just getting the bat out there, trying to get something on the, get something out there, and it um, went o- it went over the head of shortstop Alex Aguia and dropped into left field easily. Uh, but it was as good a performance as, considering that it's not you know high school kids and fourteen and fifteen year olds. Sometimes it was as good a pitching performance as I've ever seen Isaiah Mestre have. He was he was in control from the first pitch. All of his pitches were working. Mike Gervaisi, the catcher who hit the home run that won won the game in the in the in the home run derby, uh, told me that they were they were on the same page from the first pitch. Mm-hmm. And he said it was as good a game, as good a pitch game as he's ever caught. And he's the catcher at UMass, so he's he has a lot of pitchers to deal with so it was you know it was great you know the most the most impressive part of that game was that new britain tied the game in the ninth but did not get to go did not go ahead because reliever cabot maher who started out the inning pretty badly loaded the bases then walked a guy and hit a guy to bring in the tying two (laughs) runs so the bases were loaded with one out he got the next two guys swinging so no other, so no other run scored. And Gedman made a point to talk about that. So, you know, told him, tell him, he says, you know, that's the type of thing where a pitcher can go South yep. pretty easily, but he didn't, he did just the opposite and managed to, you know, get it, get the guys out and, you know, and enable the game to go into the, into the 10th inning and then the Derby. It's a no secret that uh, reporters, there's nothing we dread more than, you know, thinking a game's over and then, you know, extra innings kind of come flying out of nowhere. So what was that like for you? Just kind of seeing the walk, the hit batter and just see that lead go and, and thinking you had your story all put together and just kind of see it go right out the window. I know that's nothing new for you, but I mean, I'm, I have to assume it's still, you know, a little frustrating at times. Oh yeah. You know, you, you, the fan in you says, get the guy out. <laughs> The fan in you says, throw a strike, you know, and I've, you know, and over the years, not just here, but, you know, be, whether it's at Fenway Park, at Clapp Park, 
uh, at Deming Field. Doesn't matter. You know, you just it, there's a little voice in the back of your head saying, "Throw a strike." Yep. Throw yep. a strike. You know, get the you know hit the ball, hit the ball to the shortstop. You know, and we'll get a six four three double play and get out of it. It's interesting when you when you when I think that, you know, I think of something. You know, I've had this conversation with Takana coach Kevin Standard about his pitching this year, and he is and he says that he and his staff have been very big on not wanting his pitchers just to strike guys out. Yeah. You know, pitch to contact, help let your defense help you out. And I'm sitting there watching games like that and saying. Pitch to contact. Let your defense help you out. It's that simple. I've actually heard that a couple of times, and hopefully you can clarify. That is there, um, I believe, a new pitch count for uh, high schoolers this year? There or? are there are pitch count rules. I do not know the exact numbers off the top right, of my right. head, but um, a one pitch count says you have to be done at a certain time. I think that's in the neighborhood of a hundred pitches. Mm-hmm. There are other pitch counts that tell you how many days in between starts you have to rest. Right, right. I believe the only one, if you throw under 70 pitches, you're still good to go. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like 70 to 80 is three days rest, 80 to 90 is four days, you know, something like that. I don't know the exact numbers. I will have to look that up so, so I can, so I can memorize that. But it, you know, but if you're under, but if you, you know, if you throw 60 pitches in five innings and you come out, you can come back your next your next appearance. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I've heard that from other coaches too. And, and it certainly makes sense, you know, when you're thinking of it in an efficiency standpoint, you know, why dance around the strike zone and give up two, three balls trying to strike someone out when you can, you know, pitch to contact, get it in play, let your defense help you, yada, yada, yada. So that 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 mindset of coaching certainly makes sense. And um, going back to the Pittsfield Suns, so, you know, it, there's obviously a little frustration when the game gets tied at two, you go to extra innings. What was the level of excitement maybe from the crowd when the home run derby started? Um, it was, was it, did it feel like a home run derby or was it kind of just hoping somebody could get the hit the sweet spot and rip one out? A little, little bit of both. What's always fun about the home run derby is it's always with very few people left. Mm-hmm. When games go to extra innings, a lot of times, a lot of the people, and there were almost 800 at Wakona Park on, on opening night, a crowd number that frankly stunned me. I did not expect nearly that many people to come. The beer garden down the right field line was pretty packed. Oh, yeah, I bet. Um, and there were a lot of people, and there were a fair amount of people in the grandstand. But um, the number of people who were left for the Derby what wasn't nearly as many who were there in the fourth inning. But um, they got excited. I know, you know, I know the players were really excited because the water, because the, the Gatorade buckets full of water were all dumped on on Mike Gervaisi, you know, right around right around the third baseline. So hopefully, between that and the rain, they'll be able to get that dry for Sunday's game. Sunday's game against uh, Westfield. Why, why do they make him run around the bases if, it, if it's yeah, a home run derby? They didn't make him run around the bases. Oh, he just went he for a nice little was, celebration job. Because he was not – because, well, as you know, because you've been there, the Suns dugouts, the third base dugout. So he was mm-hmm. coming back to his dugout. Gotcha, and gotcha. They, and they charged out there because once he got – he just missed one like three pitches earlier. I thought like he barreled the ball pretty well. And as we all know, Wakona Park is where fly balls go to die. <laughs> Uh, yes. It and it's 
the worst home run park in base in the futures league far mm-hmm. and away. The dimensions aren't bad. I mean, and even, you know, and it's only 374 to straightaway center field, but balls don't ca- balls do not carry in the air. Well, there, they never have. Um, and probably never will. So the first one, you know, he just missed. And the second one, he got, he got all of it and everybody knew it was gone. Mm-hmm. You know, Great feeling. No, I'm thinking, you know, maybe it's going to hit that imaginary wall just in front of the bullpen. But it, it, it but as soon as he hit it, they started to gather and get the buckets, and <laughs> and boom, you know, uh, he was he was he was a little damp. Fortunately, you know, the showers work, so he's probably able to warm up. And you know, and they celebrated. Um, I think there were like three. I think there were two of the three games that night went to went to the derby i gotta ask before we make our uh, switch over to the steeple cats here should should we do a little rebranding i because i feel like calling it a derby is, is a little misleading i think we could probably think of a, a more fun name that kind of uh kind of fits it better maybe last home run wins or something i know it's a little longer but i, I don't know home run derby just it doesn't feel like it fits the situation well it, it, it doesn't necessarily fit the situation but it makes it makes it easy to understand. Right. Good point. No, yes. They're going to, they're, they're just going to try to hit home runs and that's what a home run derby is. <laughs> Very good point. So today we have May 29th. Uh, the Suns are two games into their season. Last night was rained out today. They have a game on the road. Uh, do we have, is, is that one, does it look like that game is, you know, actually going to be played or. You know, I haven't, I have not, I have not actually looked, but I imagine that it is raining if it's not raining in Worcester, it might be, you know, close to raining in Worcester mm-hmm. because they get the same, they get the same weather we do, except um, they get it, um, you know, a little bit later because of where they, where they are. As I, as I call up the scoreboard, um, it's still on. And That's... I don't, you know, I'm not sure I'm going to guess. And, and I haven't, and I, and I don't know this with any sort of authority, that Christian Womble, who was supposed to start last night, mm-hmm. will probably be held out until Sunday because they'll be home playing Westfield. And I know, I know Getty likes to, you know, get local guys in the lineup when they're at home, especially at least early in the season. Absolutely. Uh, so I suspect, I suspect that Christian will pit, you know, he could go tonight, but mm-hmm. I suspect he'll go Sunday. Um, We'll see. We'll see if they play tonight in, in Worcester or not. Um, but you know, so far, you know, it's difficult right now because he told me, Getty told me that they're still expecting like eight pitchers mm-hmm. because there are a bunch of guys who are, you know, the high school slash prep school guys are still in school, mm-hmm. and a couple of you know, um, and like both of like both of the guys who are committed to West Virginia next year are just graduating. So they won't be here for another week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a catcher who might be the best um, MIAA player in the state of Massachusetts. Uh, Matt Maloney, a catcher from Eastern Mass, who's going to go play at Dayton. Um, probably isn't going to be here till July, which isn't such a bad thing because Gervaisi looks like a keeper. He's mm-hmm. a big, you know, he's, you know, there aren't a lot of six, three, you know, catchers with size but he's a big but he's a big dude um so 
right. So it's the early part of the season. A lot of teams, and I know McKillop was telling me about New Britain, that they had, you know, he's piecing together his pitching mm-hmm. until everybody gets there. He doesn't, you know, he's only got like 10 pitchers until, until he gets more guys arriving. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, once everybody gets here, how everybody falls into place. And I know some teams still put innings limits and pitch count limits on their pitchers. Others, and I know I had this conversation with Matt Torr up in North Adams, is that he was told most of the pitchers on the Steeplecats side don't have innings or pitch count limits because of limited number of pitches they threw in the spring. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that all works out too. That, that I think is uh, so interesting. And to wrap up the Suns talk here, you mentioned it, that these teams kind of their personality, their, their focus kind of changes throughout the season as, as players kind of come and go. The Suns sitting at 2-0, and do you kind of see them kind of continuing that trend or, or is this going to be a league where everyone's kind of uh, turning it into a slugfest where you, there's not going to be that couple of teams that are kind of clearly ahead of the pack? That'll be really interesting because especially with the two new teams with Vermont and Norwich, um, their management teams are new at this college baseball thing because they had been in the New York Penn League and mm-hmm. they never had to put it, they never had to put teams together. So those are the two most interesting teams, much like the first year, the, the first year that Pittsfield played in the Futures League. And even like the first year that North Adams and Pittsfield played in the NECBL, you know, it was you know, putting teams together was new for the people who ran those teams. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what it's like at some point with, you know, with the management of that, those squads, how, you know, whether they stick to, you know, guys from their area or look beyond uh, last year, uh, two years ago, when Westfield had its first year in the NEC, in the Futures League. The major, most of their guys were like within a car ride of Westfield. So mm-hmm. nobody, you know, and they weren't very good. They were, you know, they, they spent more time looking for local guys than looking for good guys, good guys. Mm-hmm. And local guys are nice to have. Right. Um, you know, it's always nicer when a local guy like Isaiah Mestri throws six innings of one hit, shot, one hit, no run baseball. Um, instead of a guy who comes out and gets lit up every time he comes on the mound. Sure. Um, we'll see, you know, that's going to be interesting to watch what happens in Norwich and in, in Vermont. Two games in for them and one game in for most people, it's way too early to figure, who, you know, who's going to be good, who's going to be bad. Um, I don't anticipate, at least Matt Gedman kind of said to me, doesn't anticipate this team having a ton of power ton of mm-hmm. home run power but he thought that based on the numbers that this team was going to be pretty quick and could steal some bags and take extra bases so we'll see if they you know if they play old-fashioned baseball i was gonna say old-fashioned manufacturing runs so i think one of the challenging things uh specifically for us this this spring season is balancing the need to go see every single high school team to, to give the athletes the credit they deserve. And on top of that, trying to find the best matchups where, you know, you're not covering a game that's 14 to three. So you can kind of give each side a little bit of credit for, for how well they played. I know, you know, every school playing in different divisions, different school sizes make things uh, a little challenging, but, but my biggest regret so far uh, just for the baseball side of things is not seeing a blue devils or um, Hornets game at Joe Wolf field. And 
Today, like I said before, is May 29th, and a week from today, the Steeplecats are going to be playing their home opener at Joe Wolf Field versus North Shore. Uh, opening night for them is Thursday, uh, May 3rd, where they're on the road. So, Howard, what have, have you gotten the chance to really talk to anyone up there in North Adams about uh, returning this season? And, and obviously, I know everyone's going to be excited. You mentioned you talked to Matt Torre a little bit, but can you kind of give me a little glimpse on what this season uh, they're expecting or at least hoping for? They're really they're excited to be back. The Suns chose not to play last summer, but the Futures League did. Right. Um, the NECBL was dark. The NECBL, the Cape Cod League, were both dark. So both of those leagues, I think the teams and the you know and the communities that they're in are all pretty are all pretty excited to get them back. Um, I think that I think the Steeplecats have the potential to be a very good baseball team. I am not quite sure about all of their pitching, but they've got some guys who got some, who have some who have some bats. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've got um, one of their one of their players um, is a guy named Brandon Hilton, and six seven two hundred and forty pound <laughs> oh, no. um, uh, first baseman DH from Stetson um, at first base only made only made two errors in 43 games. So he's pretty good. You know, he's pretty good. And I think, and probably their two best players, at least on paper might be um, the guys who will be there could be their keystone combination. Um, John Kazarian of slippery rock, uh, third team division two, all American uh, slippery rock coached by Jeff Messer, who is a native of Lee and is a member of the slippery rock hall of fame and a good guy. His he sent a couple of his players um, to play for the Pittsfield Dukes back in the day. One of them is Matt. One of them is Matt Adams of the Washington Nationals. Oh no, not the Atlanta Braves, but he came up with the Cardinals mm-hmm. and played in the 2007 World Series against the Red Sox. Uh, Kazarian hit 421 in Division Two. That's you know that's tremendous. He had seven errors in 37 games at second base. Um, Mikey Kluska was the all big, all big 12, all freshman shortstop at West Virginia. Didn't hit great, but he's freshman learning, learning those guys. I suspect he had nine errors um, in 132 chances. Shortstops always make the most errors on any baseball team, just because probably more balls are hit to them than, than anybody else. Um, And, and if they are your, your keystone combination all year, the Steeplecats might have a pretty good up, you know, pretty good strength up the middle. I was going to ask, you know, uh, obviously talent in baseball is such a unique thing because you can see division two, division three players kind of end their career there and still be incredible athletes. I mean, baseball, just trying to work your way to the top scenes, uh, of course, getting to the top of any sport is, is definitely a challenge, but baseball with all the different divisions and leagues, uh, what do you think attracted these uh, guys who, who have kind of, um, impressive resumes to come to North Adams and to come to North Adams and be part of that steeplecats team. Some of this is relationships that uh, in Pittsfield, it would be Matt Gedman in North Adams. It's Matt Tora and Mike Daly, the field manager. They do most of the recruiting of players. They talk to college coaches all the time. And a lot of college coaches want, you know, want their kids to get away, you know, to play, you know, at in high in higher level summer league, summerwood bat levels. Mm-hmm. And in the eyes of many, um, the NECBL has 
kind of been second to the Cape Cod League in New England. I think the dis, I think the gap between the Futures League and the NECBL has shrunk dramatically over five years, because initially the Futures League was a New England baseball league, yeah. uh, where I think it was like forty to fifty percent of the players had to either be New England born players or play at New England schools. So if you if you're that you know, the number of division one schools in New England is pretty limited. You know, there, you know, there's like four of them in, there's like five of them in Massachusetts and, you know, one, you know, and I don't think, and Vermont doesn't have any New Hampshire. I don't think New Hampshire doesn't have any Maine has one Connecticut has a few. So, and Rhode Island has two. So you've got, you know, you're pretty limited on the number of division one players that you could have gotten. That number shrunk as the number of teams in the league has improved. Right. has grown but the the NECBL does doesn't have those requirements and when you look at when you look at NECBL rosters you see a lot of guys from a lot of places you know I can remember back a couple of years ago um, Stu Peterson was the manager in North Adams at Stu Peterson's the father of Jock Peterson the former Dodger um, and that team had a bunch of guys from Southern California that Stu had brought with him because he knew those guys and had worked with them as, you know, when they were, you know, going to camps and things. So you get, you get some of those, you see, you know, this, you know, in Pittsfield, there are going to be a bunch of guys coming from Kansas state, which, which there's a real connection there because Pete Hughes, who's the coach at Kansas state, um, all three of his sons played in Pittsfield. Mm-hmm. Um, at one time, at one time or another, and and that's where uh, Chad Shade ended up for his postgraduate year. Um, so there's a so there there are connections with certain programs that help bring a long winded way of saying that's why some of those Division One guys end up here. You know, it's like everything else in life. I mean, networking, it's all about who you know as much as being able to, you know, hit 420 and play first base. The last question I kind of have for you here, Howard, is I I think a lot of people in Berkshire County would kind of understand where I'm coming from here, but I want to word it very carefully. The tone, talent, take talent completely out of the picture. Can you kind of describe to me the difference of the tone of going to a, a Steeplecats game in North Adams at Joel Field compared to going to a Suns game at Wakona Park? I don't think there will be much difference this year uh, because you can't do, due to, you know, um, COVID-19 precautions, you can't do as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a normal year, um in Pittsfield, they do much more off the field games with, you know, with fans. And there's a lot more of, of, of that kind of action you've got in a normal year out in right field near the scoreboard. There's a kid's area with inflatables and a lot of that. That's because the Suns are owned by the Gold Plan Group and the Gold Plan Group have three other affiliated minor league baseball teams that so so they run this like a minor league baseball team mm-hmm. uh, the steeple cats are you know it's more of a community oriented atmosphere there they play game excuse me they play a couple they play games on the field but it's more of a you know it it's a it's a town thing you know there's no you know or get, there's no ownership group. You know, North Adams kind of owns the Steeplecats, and 
run, you know, and they, and they run it. It's all, you know, it's, it's a difference. Like it's a little bit of a different, like a mom and pop, a good mom and pop store and a good chain store. I kind of, I, again, I don't want this to come out the wrong way. It kind of seems like the difference of tucking in your shirt and wearing a shirt untucked in a sense, you know, it's just kind of, I feel like when I go to Joe Wolf, you know, I'm going to just kind of sit back and watch the baseball game where, you know, you go to a son's game and you're, you know, you focus on the different games, you focus on the beer garden. Like you mentioned earlier, it seems like there's that uh, little bit of, um, I, I can't even think of the right word for it. It just does seem like the atmosphere is a little different and they both, uh, fit Berkshire County so well, which I think is pretty impressive. I think the atmosphere is a lot different. And like I said, I think it's because um, the Suns are own, are part of a minor league em- baseball empire. Right, right. Uh, the Gold Clangs run and and the Steeplecats are like everybody else in the NECBL, uh, local community operated um, aspect. The other thing that's always of interest to me is, you know, um, is the Futures League is not only run like minor league baseball. It's a for-profit entity, whereas mm-hmm. the NECBL is like the Cape Cod League, and it is a 501c3 corporation. And that is, while they're supposed to make money, they are a non-profit corporation. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a much different operation from the get-go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, last, last, last one here. Uh, can you give me a little bit? I know it's hard when they're kind of got a year in between them. Uh, what are some of the, how are you feeling about the steeple cats in terms of the competitiveness, competitiveness of the games? Um, I know it's hard when a lot of these kids, you haven't seen them or anything, but are they going to, as to use one of my favorite sayings, be one of those in the hunt teams? Are they going to be uh, fighting for most of the year? You feel? I think, I think that's what, um, Mike Daly and Matt Tora believe. Um, I've seen teams up there, um, particularly who came in and I know uh, what their manager and their general manager thought highly of them. And they ended up, you know, uh, blowing a tire and not Mm -hmm. being particularly good. And I've seen some, a couple of teams up there that not a lot, maybe it may have been expected from them and they competed until the last day of the season. What's going to be the most interesting thing in the NECBL this summer is that there are they play divisions. They play North Division, South Division because they have 12, team, 12 14 teams. Uh, but there's no crossover this year. Uh, if you play in the North Division, you are only going to play in the North Division. You're, you know, so you so North Adams fans will not ever get to see the Newport Gulls who play in the South Division or even the Valley Blue Sox out of Holyoke who were moved into the South division this year because um, the defectors from the futures league, the North shore navigators got moved into the North division with North Adams and the teams and a team in Vermont and all the teams in New Hampshire and Maine. So there's going to be a lot of that. And I know I, when I talked to Matt a couple of weeks ago, he said, the one thing about that could be that, players aren't going to like each other nearly as much on the other teams by the end of the year, because you're going to see everybody a lot more than normal. Mm -hmm. It reminds me one year, I think it was nine. It was, it was either 1999 or 2000 when the New York Penn league did two divisions instead of three and they never did crossovers. So whoever was in the Mets division, that's all they saw. They never saw the teams from Ohio or anywhere else. And I know by the, by the middle of August, 
between all the between the home games and the road games, there was a little there was more than a little bit of animosity built up between a couple of those teams. And I think that's going to be the part that I am most looking forward to seeing this summer up up in the NECBL, seeing if that animosity happens uh, among the players, you know, because all they because all, you know, because the steeplecats are going to see the Vermont Mountaineers a whole lot more than they normally do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely builds up those rivalries. Whether it's the uh, Pittsfield Suns or North Adams Steeplecats, I, I highly recommend going to uh, check out a couple games. It's a great way to spend a night, have a couple cheap drinks at a beer garden or two. Um, and if you are planning to go to a game, if the half hour we just spent talking about is is any indication, uh, Howard Herman knows what he's talking about when it comes to this stuff. He, Whenever he's at a game, he will be tweeting at Howard Herman. And, you know, mo- most games, if I had a sinking suspicion, we'll have a recap at BerkshireEagle.com in the newspaper. So be sure to grab that. Be sure to educate yourself on these teams. As uh, Howard mentioned, there are, there are some stars. There's some locals to root for, too. I mean, I don't think you can ask for a, a better mix than that. Howard, you got any uh, final words here before we uh, leap on out? I have no final words on that, but we should let people know that those who read us online, if you go, when you go to the sports tab, you can see a summer baseball sub tab. Yep. And that's where all of the Suns and Steeplecat stories are going to end up. So if you can't find it on, on the local page, you know, find that and that's where they'll all end up. Awesome. Awesome. Howard, thank you so much for joining us. And um, it sounds like I'll be seeing you in the office pretty soon. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, hey, you know, um, I've been in there once in a while. Your desk is still fine. Nobody's moved it. It's it's all still good. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, Howard, thanks again so much. Take care. Same to you.